Yes, ladies and gentlemen, surprise emergency podcast today. Welcome back to another episode of the United Spurs of America podcast. Michael Ramirez alongside Jacob Wallraven. Jacob, hey. how are you doing today, brother? Uh, um, oh, man. I don't know. I guess if you're Jose out, you're having a good day, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that is why we're having an emergency podcast um, on this fine on this fine Monday evening. Um, Jose, Jose Mourinho sacked his Tottenham Hotspur manager earlier this morning. Um, wow. Definitely didn't expect it to happen this soon. Um, we had, we had talked about it a little bit, Jacob, after the, yeah. the podcast post-match Everton, and you mm. even brought up the question. You were like, Hey, like, is this his last game? Is this his last week as Tottenham Hotspur manager? And I think we were both, we kind of brushed that aside. Cause I don't think we really thought that yeah. it would happen this soon, no. but Lord and behold, my friend. Um, he sacked Jose Mourinho is, is not the manager of Tottenham Hotspur anymore, but what, what were your initial reactions, man? I know, I know you like Jose Mourinho. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed the, the good times that we had with him. I know you had a a little bit of a, of of a stronger connection with Jose. Yeah, no, uh, very sad news to wake up to. Um, I think you had texted me. It was about three 30 in the morning, my time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I had, Actually, I had just gotten the second dose of the COVID vaccine, um, so we're fighting a good fight, but I was coming out of my, I had a two-day side effect, I don't know what you want to call it, but I was coming out of that, uh, the last few nights it's, you know, been cold sweats, and this is my first night of good sleep, and mm-hmm. that's the first thing I see, uh, so it kind of, you know, I don't want to ruin was, your morning, my friend. No, I didn't ruin it. You, you're keeping me in the loop and I appreciate <laughs> that, <laughs> but no, it was definitely, I, I saw in the, I saw the text from you saying that Jose was sacked. And then uh, I had a text from my, my brother and he never texted me anything Tottenham, right? He never texted yeah. me anything about soccer and he's texting me something about a super league. So I'm hella confused in the morning. I'm looking, I'm like, Jose sacked super league Tottenham or greedy. What's going on? You know, just a lot going on. That's, yep. I think that's why we need to hop on and do this emergency pod. Cause just a lot going on, a lot of confusion, a lot of, but yeah, Jose's gone tough day for me anyway. Uh, it has been a wacky 24 hours to say the least in just world football in general, man. But oh, yeah. particularly for, for anyone related to Spurs, anyone with a connection to Spurs, um, the past 24 hours have been a whirlwind of emotions. Um, we'll get into the European Super League in a, li- in a little bit uh, near the end of the pod. Um, but the other part of why it was such a whirlwind of 24 hours for Spurs fans is because Jose Mourinho did get sacked this morning. And I was just shocked, man. Like, honestly, I, I honest to God did not expect them to sack Jose before the Carabao Cup final. I thought they were yeah. going to at least give him till the till the cup final see how they how they finished maybe at the at the end of the season and then make a decision in the summer but um we'll get into it in a little bit it sounded like it was more than past due though yeah. um of him no. of him getting out the door but uh yeah man i was just as surprised as you were uh, i woke up for work this morning checked my phone scrolled through twitter refreshed it once all it took was one refresh this morning my friend and uh my world got Turned upside down to say the least, man. I was so shocked when I saw that Jose Mourinho had been sacked as a Tottenham manager. And then when I saw that Ryan Mason was going to be appointed as caretaker and was going to, to run today's training, um, it was just a lot to process. Um, I will say, you know, nothing but respect to Jose Mourinho. Um, 
17 months is a, not a long time to give someone a chance to turn a club around. Um, I think I alluded to this on the last pod that, you know, getting rid of the manager is kind of the easy fix, right? It's, it's putting the bandaid on with none of the ointment. You still got the cut. You still need to heal your wound. And to me, that's, that's the players. That's the divide in the locker room. Um, So without addressing that issue, they just kind of cut the head off the snake and said, okay, well, you know, I, I don't know. It comes 24 hours after the whole super league thing comes out to me. seems a bit fishy. seems like Tottenham's more. All right. If, if everyone's going to get this negative flack, right. Let's turn Tottenham's attention towards, Oh, we just sacked the manager. It does seem very odd that he got sacked before the cup final. You bring yeah. the man here to get you trophies. He gets you to one final and you sack him uh, six days before that final. I think you give uh, the quote unquote caretaker uh, a, you give him a difficult challenge, but you also give yourself an out to lose the cup. And I think that that's what this mostly was uh, an out for, uh, for Tottenham to basically say, look, uh, well, we didn't have our manager. It's no wonder we didn't make top four. It's no wonder we didn't win that Carabao Cup. You know what I mean? I just feel like it's just the easy solution. It kind of really makes me mad that that that's the route that they wanted to go. To me, I felt like, hey, if you really didn't like the way this man's taking your club, sack him at the end of the year. Start fresh with someone new. To do this at the end of the – I mean, if you're going to do it, you should have done it whenever we are on the downslide. Oh, yeah, opinion. for sure. Because if, sure. if you look at what Chelsea did when they pointed to – uh, Thomas Tuchel, Tucci, whatever his name is. <laughs> Tucci. Whenever, hey, whenever they appointed Lil Wayne as their manager, basically, like he turned their season around. Now they're still fighting for a top four. But quote, I mean, what I just said, still fighting for a top four. It's not even guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. to me, it just seems seems the easy solution uh, to just say, oh well, sack the manager. And I know uh, uh, people are kind of torn on this issue if it's the right thing to do or not, but I'm also think something I've said before is you just got to back the club that you support uh, through these decisions like this. So for me, um, you know, when come, come Wednesday, when we play Southampton, I think I'll get over it today. I'm still a little, little salty um, just because I think, yeah, it's just easy solution. Yeah, I definitely think it was a distraction, uh, a move as a distraction by Tottenham. I think it was a distraction from the whole Super League news and all of the the stick that they were getting from that announcement yesterday. Yeah, man, I was just shocked. I will say, you know, thanks Mourinho for uh for the good for the good times they did. We did have very good periods under Some Mourinho. Great they, memes. Were, they were short, great memes from yeah. the documentary. Um, I'm sure they hear in the club a lot of revenue from the documentary on the All or Nothing, but. Um, ultimately, man, his style of play was getting old. It was getting boring. It, wasn't it was working. outdated. And yes, that is the most important thing right there. It just wasn't it working. Was, it was not working. I, I will say there were times where I had to, you know, kind of swallow my pride and say, yeah, that was just Jose's game plan fucking sucked. And yep. that sucks because I never want to say that about any manager, uh, especially the manager of my club. So, yeah, it just wasn't working. I think you're, you're right. It's just... Was it time? I guess for Tottenham, it was. Um, to me, it just in my, seemed. In my opinion, I think he should have gotten sacked from the beginning, in my opinion, of our downfall, which yeah. was the Europa League exit against 
Dinamo Zagreb. See, see, if you sack him after that loss to Dinamo Zagreb, I, I can sit back and say, okay, I understand. You lost 3-0 to fucking Dinamo Zagreb. Okay, yep. but you sack him six days before a cup final. To me, that's just disrespectful. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't understand it. If you look at uh, Jose's Instagram today, he was more... Yeah. <clears throat> Where he kind tweeted of, a happy emoji, and he was filming the uh, the people the news crews him. around yeah. him at his at his home in London, just basically being like, "They won't leave me alone. They're bothering yeah. me." Yeah, which, you know, hey, I sent I sent the group chat that meme <clears throat> for a reason because I guess that's the thing I want to try and sleep with at night to make myself feel better about it. Hey, when Jose and Zhao, when they get that settlement check, it's gonna be showing that money, baby. Yep. So at the end of the day, he's not. I mean, this guy's not, his livelihood is not at stake. It's not like his life is ruined because of this. He's been yeah. sacked before. He'll, he'll be fine. Um, yeah, just tough, tough road ahead for Tottenham. I don't think this is going to be an easy one. Yeah, and then um, hours after the, the news had, had broken about Jose Marino getting sacked, uh, there was a few articles out there. There was one in particular written by The Athletic that uh, personally I enjoyed. Um, definitely recommend um, reading that, I believe it's by Jack Pitbrook of The Athletic. But anyways, it went into some of the reasons, biggest reasons why Jose did end up getting sacked. Um, the locker room divide was probably the biggest issue in my eyes. Um, players did not like Jao Sacramento, it turned out to, to be. Um, he was not liked by any of the players, uh, didn't have a good relationship with the players, didn't, didn't understand the emotional side of football. That's what the article cited. I'm curious um, as sources. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious because yeah, it just sounds like a very one-sided. Sounds like we speak of that divide. It sounds like someone way over here on the side of fuck Jose, then the other side of, hey, let's give this guy a shot. That That's just my opinion. It sounds very uh, heavily emotional response to yeah. Uh, I mean, to say those things sounds like fucking Deli Alley. If you ask me, if that'd be my guess, someone uh, of that, uh, you know, who's had that kind of demeanor towards Jose. Mm -hmm. But if it is yeah. true, that's that's highly disappointing. But it is. I, th I think I also saw something on there saying uh, that Harry Kane was the only one left fighting for Jose, which is bullshit. Yeah. The only one who was still loyal to Jose at the that's end. That's such bullshit. And yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that that part was true because you know Hoybier is very close with Mourinho. Um, Lucas was very appreciative. I, I understand that uh, Lucas really did care for and, f he and fought, fought every for Mourinho. Game. Every fucking um, game, Lucas was fighting. Eric there was Lamella. a point. There was a point where Lucas had played every single game um, since Jose had gotten appointed, and it was through like the end of last season. Yeah. I believe, um, or early into the, at the beginning of this season. Anyways, you know, you have, you have players like that. Son also showed his appreciation for Jose Mourinho on Instagram. So did Eric Dyer. Some of the young guys, Alfie Devine, Dane Scarlett, guys like that who made their actual professional debuts under Mourinho as well. Um, at the end of the day, man, I wish him nothing but the best, but we got to move on. Like you, like you already mentioned, Jacob, we support the club, got to back the decisions of the club. At the end of the day, this is a decision that they chose to make. Um, should it have been done sooner, in my opinion? Yeah, probably. But you know what? We got to move on. Um, I will say you got to sure give, give me and, and, and the people who were Jose in, you got to give us at least 24 hours, I say. You know, <laughs> if you have a friend out there who's Jose in, call them up, check on them, but give them 24 hours to grieve because, yeah, man, 
fuck. I wanted that trophy. I felt like with Jose, he's a trophy man. He's a magnet. He attracts the trophies, and we we'll wanted see, one. Man. Wouldn't it be crazy though? I saw I saw a tweet. I think you you sent it or someone sent it to me. Uh, uh, the the caretaker he would if he wins a trophy, it'd be like the fastest any manager's ever won a trophy in his career. Yeah, something like that. And of course, for you know, since Tottenham hasn't won one in what eighteen years. Uh, uh, it's been since two thousand eight. So, however long that is, thirteen years. years. Thirteen. Yeah. Well, the Carling yeah. Cup, and I believe yeah. that was against Chelsea. I want to say I think it was against Chelsea. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it's gonna be tough. Uh, like we already said, Brian Mason is appointed as caretaker. He led the training session today. He's going to lead the training session from now on. Um, we have Southampton on Wednesday. Man City on Sunday, and not it's not just Man City, right? It's the uh, Carabao Cup final. So, like you already mentioned, Jacob, very, very difficult challenge for Ryan Mason and company. Um, the only person who did not get let go as a, as, an, as a manager or assistant today was Ledley King. Let's go. Club legend still Let's in go. Tottenham. Ledley. Uh, I believe he, he's still going to be on the management crew, the, the coaching staff for Tottenham uh, with, the, with the new – temporary staff and then i believe the the new head coach whoever gets appointed as as the new head coach will make that decision whether or not he wants to keep him on um so definitely a good opportunity once again for ledley king to continue that development um and who knows maybe he'll be a, a future head coach one day for tottenham hotspur you never know um, never any know. any la- any final thoughts man ryan mason obviously uh two played two seasons with the club came up through the academy. I'm honestly super excited for him just because he did fracture his skull um, a few years ago, which uh, forced him to retire early. He uh, had a transfer to whole city, um, got injured at whole city was, and then was forced to retire. So big ups for him, massive opportunity ahead for him. But like I said, two seasons um, scored some pretty important goals. I remember he scored a, a game winner, I believe in the FA cup, if I'm not mistaken in 2016. Um, he had mm-hmm. some injury issues that season and then ended up getting transferred to whole but uh, it's it's going to be a good opportunity for him, man. Any any final thoughts on the Jose sacking or Ryan Mason before we move on to uh, the other big news of the day? Ryan Mason, up the lads, come on, you Spurs. Uh, Jose sacking, like I said, I I think I need at least another twelve hours to not feel so salty about yeah. it. Uh, yeah, but. You know, I guess that's how I felt with Poach, bro. I, I, I know how yeah. you feel. That's how I was with Pochettino. I was very upset. Yeah. And I mean, what players have left the club since he left? Only a few. Only a few. Yeah. Kyle, well, Watt. Kyle, what? Kyle Walker Peters. Sessegnon, um, but that was alone. Yeah, that was just alone. Um, Juan Foyt, that was alone, but it looks like who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll come back in the summer. Um, depending on who's the manager, who knows? But I assume Valencia, or excuse me, Villarreal are probably going to buy him, though. Um, he's been doing really good for them in the Europa League. But uh, all right, my friend, the next big news of really the last 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever you want to call it, um, the European Super League. So we'll dive into what it is exactly and how it impacts world football. Um, initial reaction, though, uh, was a mixed bag. So let's get into what this actually is. So the Euro- European Super League is basically a group of 12 clubs from across Europe's biggest leagues. Um, and it's going to be called the, like we said, the European Super League. Um, and it would offer permanent spots to some of the world's biggest clubs. And essentially, it's it, 
I kind of thought about it this way. It's kind of like the NFL, but on a smaller scale where you're just playing the same teams every single season. And it's the, the biggest clubs in the world. Like I said, there's AC Milan, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Tottenham Hotspur, um, Juventus, Juventus as well. Yep. Um, and then yes, Atletico Madrid. So and then it's basically was... going to be a mini league that would be hosted in midweek competitions while yeah. the clubs still play in their domestic leagues. But essentially what this does, it's being funded by JP Morgan and they're basically injecting money into this oh, tournament. Fuck. That's my bad. Um, they're going to get more revenue from the TV sponsors because they're going to be playing much bigger games on a more frequent scale. Um, they're going to get uh, more bonuses from JP Morgan since it's privately funded by them. Um, and then the clubs alone are getting, are getting a share of $3.1 billion just for signing on. So if you want to take that into individual teams, each team by just signing this deal is getting $300 million. That is absurd. So the main sticking point is, Clubs are losing a lot of money. This is one of the easiest ways for the biggest clubs to retain that revenue, get it or that lost revenue, get it back and get football as they quote unquote, say back on track. It's going to save world football, but there's a lot of uproar about this. Jacob, what were your initial reactions? I know you were a little bit confused about it at first, but after you got more knowledge of, of that information, what did you ultimately come up with, man? Um, so the first couple of assessments that I saw was, there was 12 that agreed there was three more to be announced later, which my assumptions says either German or French teams. Um, but, you know, for me, I didn't see it so negatively at first, but I guess it's because I didn't really deep dive into it. I saw it as more football. Okay. That's great. Let me see more. Yeah. Do I want to see Tottenham play Barcelona and Real Madrid twice? No. I don't unless it's in the Champions League. And so I was watching, um, there was Sky Sports News on. I had to have it on this morning um, just to kind of hear what people are saying here with the pundits think. And and then, I, you know, I want to say it was Robbie Musto or Robbie Musgraves. I don't know. Yeah. One of the NBC Musto. guys, he, he made a really good point that there was a team that's in the English two division. I can't remember the name that he said he started out with. And he's like, they have 5,000 fans, but when COVID hit, this club fed 200,000 families in need. And he said, basically, what this is going to do is take away the revenue for those types of clubs. And I, I'm not sure how the, the money part kind of goes over my head. Um, but from what I've gathered from what he said and from uh, what what other people have said, is it sounds like it's kind of like a big middle finger to everyone in in English football, that's not one of the big six. Yeah. Um, I've been reading that's been greedy. I've been reading that it's just a money grab, which on one hand, I'm like, can you blame the club, right? Everyone lost a lot of money from COVID. Can you blame them for wanting to sign a deal uh, to get them, what'd you say, 300 million? Yeah. I mean, if you ask just me- Just for sign signing on. on. Hey, you just ask, for signing on. That's what I'm saying. You ask me to sign on the whatever deal, 300 million, shit. I'm going to sign that deal. Yeah. So, you know, I think the repercussions of this and what it means for, uh, you know, low, like the championship, uh, uh, I, I'm not sure, but it sounds like it's not good for everyone. <laughs> it's basically good for these six uh, English 
teams and bad for everyone else. So yeah. to me, that sounds like a bad deal. Um, but again, the money stuff's kind of just over my head to me, more football sounds good. Uh, but that does kind of lessen your premier league experience. Right. Because now these six teams have, I mean, I don't think man city needs any more money, but now these teams have an influx of cash to spend on the, on their club. And I don't think, I think if you're playing on a Wednesday, you're playing Barcelona and then you have uh, Burnley on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And then that following Wednesday, you have, uh, give me Juventus or another big club. You're not going to care. You're going to field a lesser quality team on the weekend for premier league. And And I think that, and the thing is the the thing about the, the European super league is, is that you, you don't lose your place from my understanding. So along those lines of what you're saying about playing those, those smaller teams in the premier league, like midweek or just on the weekend, kind of like a game in between bigger games there, you're not going to care about those games because regardless of where you finish in the premier league, you're still going to be in the, in the European super league. You get what I'm saying? Like, why why are, why are they going to care about those games? You know what I mean? And the other part of it is real Madrid, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you're going to be on the biggest stage, right? And it's, you're going to get obviously more money. That's the whole reason why you're joining this European super league. So why would you care about the smaller games in the premier league? The other bad thing about this man is that, once these these teams get rich and powerful, there's just going to be such a large divide, a, such a large gap um, right. between those top teams and the, the teams in the in the middle of the table and the bottom of the table. What, if if we are getting 300 million just for signing on, we're, and we're going to get millions and millions more for just playing in these games, doesn't even matter if we win them, just playing in them. You realize how, the quality of players we're going to have compared to your like West Brom's or even like your Crystal Palaces, Wolves. Um, you know, the, the, those bottom teams, Fulham, Brighton, those kind of teams, the divide is just going to be fair. so big. The gap's going to be so large that, yeah, it's just not fair anymore. And the other big sticking point was that re- relegation and promotion is a big thing in Europe. It's part of the game. I would love you, to see you, it here in America, honestly. Exactly. And there's been multiple arguments for that, for that uh, system uh, of soccer slash football to come here in the United States. I would love it if MLS did that with USL League One. It'd be and fun, and it, and it yeah. keeps it fresh. It keeps it new. That's the one thing I love about European football is because it keeps it fresh, keeps it new. There's always that danger that, hey, if you're losing way too many games in a particular season, there's always going to be yeah. that chance that you're going to get out of that league. You're going to get booted out of that league and sent down to the second division. Now you're not going to really have that danger where you're not going to have that danger. If you're in the club the and you ain't be throwing so money, you're getting kicked out the club. It's that simple. Exactly. But here and in America, I think it doesn't that was... work like that. Here in America, everyone gets a fucking trophy and that's what's wrong with society. And we could get into that, but I don't think this is the pod for that. <laughs> we, we could start a different pod about that. But yeah, man, it's, I think it takes a lot away from the premier league. It takes a lot away. Uh, I mean, I saw the warm-up shirts for Leeds versus Liverpool. They had the Champions League earn it. Football is for the fans. And I agree. I think football is for the fans. Without fans, football. Definitely. Definitely. But, man, I'm very torn on it um, personally just because more Tottenham Hotspur games, I'm all for it, baby. I want to watch. So, But the repercussions, like, it's kind of selfish, right, if – 
this just means, okay, our team has all this money and all this, you know, publicity around it that we already kind of have, but now yeah. these lower, lower tier teams. I mean, I think the beauty of the premier league is on any, any given day, man, Leeds United could fucking score. And what do we always time. say on the pod that there is no easy games in the premier league. This is a perfect example of that. And want to make a perfect easy, example no. is actually just today. Leeds United just drew with Liverpool. Super League Liverpool. They just drew with them and they hey, scored super, a... They beat Super League last game. <laughs> yeah. They beat Super League in stoppage time. I mean, mm-hmm. that shit's cool. Like, who yeah. doesn't want to see that? Especially exactly. if you want them to drop points. So, yeah, man. And then the runs like Atalanta and the Champions League, you're not going to get that in the UEFA Super League because the teams are all going to be ridiculous. You're, you're going to expect them to do good and you're not going to get those magical runs anymore. You're going to have like it. Bayern and PSG winning the Champions League every single year just because they're the only big teams that aren't going to the UEFA, to the European Super League. Like it's ridiculous. Let, let me ask you this. Okay. Say this goes, or do you, first off, do you think it's going to go through? And secondly, if it does go through, does that mean, are we going to, I've heard that we might even get kicked out of the premier league. I mean, cause so doesn't are, Barclays sponsor the premier league. And if JP Morgan is coming in, that, that's like, well, it's going to be, right? it's UEFA and FIFA who are the main drivers of like, of revolting against this idea of the super league. And part of obviously UEFA and FIFA and the premier league board of directors are all part of that or whatever. They're all connected in some way um and yeah they're it's just bad for football man like it's it's just simply it's simply bad you know i think do i do i think it's actually going to happen to be honest man i'm starting to get nervous because with the way everything all of these all of these board of directors for these big clubs are talking the way that the real madrid president just came out and talked about how the the super league is going to work and why they're doing it and how great they think it is like Honestly, man, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they they actually went ahead and did it. Yeah. I would. I am leaning. I would say sixty five percent of me says it's going to happen, and thirty five percent of me says it's not going to happen. I'm, um, I'm what opposite. was your second question? What was well, your second question? I'm the opposite of your answer. Okay. Most of me thinks it won't happen. Part of me thinks it will. Okay. Second um, question. Second question is if it does happen. Are we going to get kicked out of the Premier League? So there were talks today that that might be the case. Until we know more info, man, honestly, I have no idea how to answer that question because yeah. I can't see them kicking out the six, some of the biggest clubs, the biggest clubs of Bro, the Premier League. There's no I way. Know. You're going to was... replace those teams with Norwich, West Brom, Reading, Wimbledon, baby. Norwich, or, uh, Nottingham Forest. Like, yeah, like Swansea City you're going to lose so much revenue and i'm pretty sure this violates the contracts with the broadcasting partners and like tv rights and shit i'm pretty sure it violates it's got to that's got to violate something because you're 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 paying the premier league to have all these big teams that way nbc sports peacock tv peacock tv like like, we call it on this on the pod um they're all going to lose revenue not as many people are going to watch the premier league um you it's, know what? If they keep stop, giving me all these damn streaming services, like fuck them. I'm over it. Yeah. Um, I did read one ironic thing today, um, which I loved. There was a post on Instagram from Copa90, 
And it was basically telling the origins of all of the clubs who are now joining the European Super League. And obviously Tottenham is one of them. And uh, on Tottenham's slide, it says, originally Hotspur Football Club, they were formed in 1882 by a group of schoolboys. They were members of the Hotspur Cricket Club and needed a sport to play during the winter months. So we were established as Tottenham in 1882 by some of the poorest people in the country. That, that's the thing. The, this game was created and grown by the poor and by the working class as entertainment, a distraction, something fun to do, um, and just like as a hobby. Like the, these guys were a cricket club and schoolboys who, who invented Tottenham. And then I also read that Manchester United was formed by a bunch of uh, railroad workers. Yeah, I was going to say middle-class workers. Yeah, rail, railway. They, it was departments in railway, railway companies that were playing soccer, and one of the teams was named Manchester United. Like, the game was grown by the fans. It was created by the working class and the poor, and now it is being taken advantage of by the rich. And it is so ironic that the clubs that started off so poor and so little are now the ones reaping the benefits of this, what is going to be super league. It's just, it's, but so it's sad, not actually, man. it's not actually the clubs. It's the owners that are going to be the owners. The exactly. It's, and all the owners are overseas money anyway. So it all gets yep. convoluted and I've heard yep. nothing but bad things about pretty much every top six ownership. Yep. Um, so ask United what just, they think about Ed Woodward. And I, I guarantee you, it's he's their owner and CEO, I believe. And I guarantee you, you're going to get no answers that are positive about that guy. Well, Manchester um, United fans are not usually positive <laughs> anyway. So that's true. Um, but last yeah, thing man. I will say about this whole thing. Um, I, th- I think what pisses me off the most about it is you take all the money away. You take all that. Look at how strong a response UEFA has to f- the, the fear of competition. Uh, as opposed to the way they handle and racism. losing money, yeah. As opposed to the way they handle racism, they're so outspoken about. Oh no, we're shutting this down. We're we're fucking doing this. We're doing that. But when it comes to racism and players being abused on during their competitions, they don't give a shit. They just say, "Oh, that's bad." You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, to me, that's what pisses me off the most about it all. It's like I uh, definitely agree. UEFA is all in an uproar about uh, a different leagues competition towards them um uh, and they're not really actually caring about the they they, want to play the side of oh we care about the individuals this is going to affect individuals but they really don't care because when it comes down to racist abuse they do nothing yeah it's uh it's sad man yeah who knows um (laughs) like we said on the last podcast all we can do is wait um so like we said Southampton on Wednesday. We'll see you then for a, a reaction pod there. We'll preview the big, 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 massive game on Sunday against Manchester City in the Carabao Cup final. Hopefully have um, some more info about what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and, and I was about to say, for the next two pods, I guarantee you we're going to get new info and new news by the time we talk to you guys on Wednesday after Southampton. And then I guarantee you there's going to be new info or new news by the time we talk to you after the Carabao Cup final. Um, it's a whirlwind of 24 hours for everyone related to the soccer world. It's going to be an absolutely crazy few next few weeks slash months as well. Yeah. Uh, this isn't going to go away anytime soon. Um, I'm sure this, this might get ugly as well, 
But uh, like we said, all we can do is wait. As always, thank you so much, guys, for listening to the United Spurs of America podcast. As always, please follow us on Spotify, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're interested in joining our Patreon, please consider supporting us. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. As always, interact with us on social media. We've been getting a lot more interaction on our social media platforms, specifically on Twitter. Um, Shout out, Jacob, for driving most of that train. Um, We love your comments. We love your questions. We love the interaction. And we love uh, spreading our our, really our, our love and our, our passion for this club. Um, it means a lot to us. They're starting to let us down a little bit. Um, the, the owners and the board of directors are, um, hopefully they'll do the right thing. Hopefully everything will work itself out. Um, but as always up the lads and up come on you Spurs, the lads, come Jacob, on you Spurs. any parting words? Jose, hit us up. Come on the pod, bro. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about you, your time with Tottenham Hotspur with you us. Ain't busy, man. Come on. For Jacob Wallraven, I'm Michael Ramirez. We'll talk to you guys after the Southampton match. Yeah.